You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Before I jump into things, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Well, the first week or so of the regular season started off pretty well. Philly is sitting at 2-1, and one, won both their road games, coming off a 115-103 victory over the OKC Thunder on Sunday. It was all about Seth Curry in the first quarter. He finished with 23 points, which is two points short of Joel Embiid's record of 25 for most points in a quarter by a sixer. Uh, he was just flat out hot to come out and start the game. I mean, he was eight for 10 from the field, six or seven from beyond the arc. Uh, one thing I will say, noticing that with Seth is he's really trying and he made a conscious effort and he discussed this during media day is getting his shots up quicker and not hesitating. And you're starting to see that, that as soon as he's catching it, He's squared up to the hoop, trying to get his feet set, and he's jacking them. And that's a good thing because Seth Curry is one of the best shooters in the NBA. So what we've seen from him so far is a conscious effort over the first three games to make sure that if he's open, he's shooting it and he's not hesitating. So I think for the Sixers, a team obviously that a weakness we looked at last season is that they struggled from outside shooting. Hasn't been the case so far. As a team, they went 17-41 of 41 from beyond the arc against the OKC. Uh, shot 41 and a half percent guys like George Nang, uh, you know, coming in and, and doing what he's doing. I think he's been great so far with the second unit, um, you know, just seeing what he brings to the table. A uh, hell of an upgrade over Mike Scott. Uh, I love the way he's fit in with the team so far as well. And of course, you got the starters doing what they're doing. Danny Green made us all forget about his atrocious performance against Brooklyn. He finished with 11 points against OKC. So, uh, again, things really the Sixers should be three and oh. You know, giving up that 16-1 run to Brooklyn on Friday, it looks pretty ugly now. But, I mean, really, the Sixers should have won that game. And we saw some of the same problems carry over to this one. And I'm not going to bash the team. I mean, they got they got the win against a not a very good Thunder squad. But, you know, things were close late. The Sixers were able to rebound. You know, I mean, Curry hit, that, hit a big three at the end uh, that basically sealed things and, and put it away. But overall, you know, I think looking back, at this now, the Sixers have to get into the habit of it because when you're playing against good teams, you're not going to get away with trying to play individual basketball, right? They have to be able to spread things around. They have to be able to share the rock. They have to be able to get shots. And I mentioned this on Friday after the loss to Brooklyn on the pod that you'd like to see Doc Rivers start to dial up some plays, get guys some open looks because the Sixers, again, without a primary ball handler, because they're kind of going with this thing that, you know, Tyrese Maxey will bring up the ball, Seth Curry will bring up the ball, or they'll bring it up and just give it to Joel right away in the high post. So I think that the Sixers, that's something that is going to need to be worked on. I mean, you know, it was an eight-point game with 55 seconds left until Seth hit that three in the corner that basically iced things. 
but it was kind of getting caught up in the same things that we've seen over and over and over again from this team, really, since Jimmy Butler left, which is that they need to find a way to close out games. They need to find a way to, to not settle for shots. They need to find a way to get everybody involved in the offense, or like I said, get Doc going, that he's setting up plays that you are getting some ball movement, you're getting the open looks, and you're, and you're kind of trying to, to spread the rock around, although obviously Joel is the number one option on that team, regardless of if Ben Simmons is there or not. So you want to give him opportunity to seal things or keep you in the game depending on the situation, but they do have to look at trying to get more ball movement because that's what killed them on, on Friday in that last five and a half minutes of that fourth quarter against Brooklyn. And I, I feel like against the Thunder, we started to see that towards the end as well, where it was, you know, one-on-one and, and more individual stuff. But, you know, they really need to look at, and I think, Doc, that is something that has been a knock on him for years, still kind of a knock on him with Philly, is that he needs to look at ways to get everybody more involved and get some open looks. You're going to get away with stuff like this against the Thunder. You're not going to get away with that against teams like Brooklyn, teams like Milwaukee teams like the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, all these teams that are championship contenders, which is where the Sixers want to be. So that's something I'm looking for. Hopefully that gets cleaned up in the coming weeks here. The Sixers have one more road game against the Knicks. That's coming up on Tuesday. And then they're at home for four, which is really four very winnable games. They're taking on the Pistons, who aren't very good. They got a rematch against Atlanta on Saturday. That should be a good one. I'm interested to see how the fans there are are getting after the Hawks especially Trey Young and and those guys. Then they got Portland, and then they got Chicago. So, I mean, really, the Sixers, if they can take care of business for the next week or so here, could very well be looking at 6-1, and 7-1, and somewhere around there, going into their next time they're back on the road, which is against Detroit and Chicago again. And and I've said this before on the pod, the Sixers have a very favorable schedule throughout 20 games. So you want to see them try and rack up some wins here, get going, gain some confidence. I like what I've seen so far overall from the team in terms of defensively, even without Simmons on the court, are still looking pretty good. Uh, Offensively, like I said, try and get more ball movement, figuring things out late in games. I think that's something we're going to have to look at and keep an eye on as we go forward. There's also some news on the Ben Simmons front uh, regarding what's going on between him and the team. ESPN's Ramona Shelburne had a report on that. We'll jump into that after a short break. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we're back. As I was mentioning before the commercial there, ESPN's Ramona Shelburne reporting that the Sixers aren't finding Ben Simmons anymore for missed practices. He's not getting dinged 360 grand per game that he's missing. Uh, That's because he's now away from the team for personal reasons. Uh, We don't know exactly what's going on in Ben's head, but we've talked about this throughout our podcast network is, you know, as long as he's away from the team and he's at least showed up and, and, talked to the guys last week, which I think was a huge step. And Daryl Morey, as he mentioned on his radio interview last week, basically saying that, hey, man, we are not, you know, going to make a panic move and Ben could be here for the foreseeable future. And he's like, this could go on for four years if it wants to. And I think that kind of maybe had an impact on Ben's thinking and, and his camp over at Clutch Sports with Rich Paul 
and saying, look, these guys have dug their heels in the sand. They're not going anywhere. Uh, at least try and figure this thing out. And so when he talked to his teammates, he explained to them, hey, you know, I'm not ready to play. And so the Sixers have have taken the onus on upon themselves of being like, hey, all right, you know what? We're not going to find you anymore. You're not, we're not going to consider this a holdout. You're away from the team for your own reasons, personal reasons. And so, I, you know, again, I don't think this thing is going to come to a head anytime soon. I imagine that Ben will probably be away at least for the next couple of weeks at, at a minimum. Again, that's, that's just my guess. I'm not saying for sure that he could, you know, possibly sit out another two weeks, a month before he wants to rejoin the team. And then they're going to have to get him back into game shape, get him back integrated into playing with his teammates, especially all the new ones, because the Sixers did have a ton of turnover in terms of their, their second unit. So looking at this from the Sixers perspective, they're doing the right thing. You know, as much as we've clowned on Ben and, and, and people have, have been upset with him and rightfully so his on-court performance in that playoff series was atrocious and the way he handled it. I don't think a lot of people liked it, especially if you're looking at this as a Sixers fan, as a part of the Sixers, where we've done a lot to cater to you and you're just not showing up like this and not being a professional that rubbed people the wrong way. But ultimately, when he decided to speak to his teammates, speak to the organization in terms of Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, you know, and, and I think that him talking to management, him talking to his teammates was a step in the right direction. And you know, if he needs this time to to get right mentally, and who are any of us to say really where what a guy should or shouldn't do if he's dealing with mental health problems? And you know, as Ramona reported a couple of weeks ago in her piece on ESPN.com, that Ben had some stuff going on with his family between his sister and his brother, and that could be playing a role in this. And so, whatever it is, a lot of the Sixers their tune changed, and now looking back at it you know, the two leaders of the squad, de facto leaders of the squad in terms of Joel Embiid and, and Tobias Harris, they changed their tune last week too, once Ben had spoken to them. And, you know, we saw Tobias Harris speak about it post-game last week against Brooklyn. We saw Tobias Harris refer to it on Twitter. And we saw Joel Embiid address the crowd during the home opener at Wells Fargo that, hey, you know, we support Ben Simmons. We love him. We want him back. So I, I think whatever he said to the team struck a chord with with guys like Joel, guys like Tobias Harris, and the rest of his teammates said, all right, maybe this isn't something that this guy just wants to be away from us specifically, but he is dealing with whatever's going on in his own head, and he needs to get right. And so the Sixers taking this step and saying, all right, we're not going to find you because you're away for a valid reason, I think goes a step in the right direction in terms of trying to mend fences and in case Ben is back with the team and playing, you know, this kind of smooths things over for now that he's still getting his check. So maybe that's one worry that Ben doesn't have to have in his mind and it'll ease things up on him in terms of, you know, I'm still getting paid. I'm, I'm still making still making money. So, you know, he needs to correct whatever else is going on in his life. But again, I don't see this situation resolving anytime soon. I do think Ben will play again for the Sixers, which is funny to say, considering where we're at maybe about a week, week and a half ago. But I do think that he will end up playing. Likelihood is that he probably will be traded, you know, at some point, maybe this season, maybe in the off season. But I do think he ends up finding his way back. And again, uh, you know, a plus to the team for being like, hey, all right, we're not going to find you anymore for missing games, missing practices. Deal with what you got to deal with, get right. And then hopefully we can, we can get back on the court together and start winning some games. But overall, you know, like I said, the Sixers are in a really good spot in terms of the first 20 games that they can rack up some wins, 
get going in, in terms of keep building up the team chemistry, iron out some of the kinks like we mentioned that we've seen a lot of the time where they don't have a closer and figuring things out on that end. But, you know, the Sixers off to a good start, looking pretty good overall, still need to work on the consistency. But again, I think that they're in a, in a good spot and it remains to be seen what happens with Ben Simmons and, and you know, not finding him 360 grand per game that he's missing, I think overall will help the relationship between the organization and Ben. That'll do it for this episode of Sixers Daily. Before I wrap things up, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And of course, Paul, Steve, Dave, the entire team over at libertyballers.com will have you covered for all your Sixers needs.